0: Hey, What Next listener, it's Mary. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up that today's show is going to sound a little bit different. That's because our friends over at What Next TBD, they had a great interview that just couldn't wait until Friday. So we're going to switch things up a bit. For the rest of the show, you're going to be hearing from Lizzie O'Leary. I'll be back tomorrow. Earlier this fall, Timnit Gebru submitted a paper for consideration for an academic conference, not something that's particularly unusual for her. Timnit studies ethics and artificial intelligence, so this is the kind of thing she does. But since she was working at Google, there were some standard pre-submission hoops to jump through. Google wanted to review the paper, which Timnit wrote with several of her colleagues, and sign off on it. And that's when Timnit says she started getting pushback.
1: So this was the the week before Thanksgiving at 4.30 p.m. randomly. There's like a meeting on my calendar. Nobody's telling me what it's about.
0: She was told by senior managers that the paper didn't meet Google's publication bar and that she should retract it or take the names of Google employees off of it. Timnit wanted more clarity on who objected to the paper and why they wanted it retracted and said that if Google couldn't provide that information, she would resign. This kicked off a few days of wrangling and several intense emails. Until one night, December 1st, Timneet was chatting with a woman on her team, one of her direct reports.
1: I actually was thinking, I was like, oh, you know what? I haven't told her that this paper thing is escalating so quickly. I probably should tell her about it. Poor, poor woman, is, she's not on this paper. She doesn't know anything about it.
0: But before Timneet could tell her what was going on, her direct report got an email. It was from a manager saying they had accepted Timnit's resignation. A surprise to her.
1: So I text my other report and I say, did you also get the same message? She did. So
0: Timnit texted her boss. And at first, he wasn't answering.
1: It's like 8 o'clock or something like that. And I, I was like, okay, I think this is fair game. I can just call him, you mean, whatever. I can interrupt at this point. I call him... I was like, do you know that my my direct reports got this email from Megan saying that she accepted my resignation?
0: Megan is Megan Cachulia. She's a VP at Google Research.
1: He's like, what?
0: It was clear to Timnit that whatever happened, it had come from someone higher up in the company than her direct boss. That night, when she tried to go to bed, she couldn't sleep.
1: That whole night, I was thinking, what are they going to do? What are they trying to do? Did they think that I had so little value that there would really be, like, no backlash whatsoever? I would just go quietly?
0: That was two weeks ago, and the time since has been anything but quiet. Tim Neat says Google fired her. Google says she resigned.
1: My team calls it resignate, resignate you, right? I'm glad that they came up with this new word to resignate someone.
0: Thousands of people, both inside Google and out, have signed a petition on her behalf. The company's CEO has had to answer questions about what happened. And Timnit is trying to figure out how she, one of the few black women who studies ethics and AI, known almost universally as a star in her field, ended up here.
1: To be honest, I still haven't processed entirely because I've just been, I was saying, I've been on adrenaline. But if I were to take a step back, and really think about what they did, how they did it, how disrespectful and devaluing it was, and how they treated me like a discardable object, and what kind of message they sent to my entire community. It's extremely hurtful. Um, It's extremely painful. And I think it's it's kind of what they did is shake my sort of fundamental understanding of human beings and, and what they can and cannot do.
0: Today on the show, a conversation with Timnit Gebru about Google, about AI, about racism in tech. I'm Lizzie O'Leary, and you're listening to What Next TBD, a show about technology, power, and how the future will be determined. Stick with us.
2: Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Timnit Gebru is known in the tech world for a lot of things. But one of them is starting the affinity group Black in AI, which exists to mentor and support Black researchers in artificial intelligence. And in the days after she left Google, there was a big AI conference, virtually, of course. And she heard from a lot of people who were part of Black in AI there. I'm wondering if you could tell me about that program and the type of stories you were hearing, what people were saying to you, because you tweeted that that it was therapeutic to be talking to people about what had just happened.
1: Really, it was very therapeutic to be in a space where everybody sort of understood what I, what we were going through, what I was going through. There was no need to explain, and we were all feeling a similar level of exasperation.
0: In many ways, Black and AI was born at this same conference four years ago when Timney looked around the room at the crowd of 5,000 people and saw just six Black faces.
1: It was just literally a moment of panic. And I came back home and I wrote this Facebook post that like was shared by a lot of people. And that's when we decided to in- intensify our efforts for Black and AI. So before that, I had this little mailing list where... I would just, like, say hi to any Black person I see in that field. Like, hi! So, you know, my name is Timnit, you know? And so we, like, added a lot of people. We decided to have a workshop, and, and that's sort of how we, we, we started the organization.
0: As Black and AI grew, so did Timnit's reputation. Particularly when she was part of a now-renowned study that showed how facial recognition technology is biased. Timnit and her colleagues, Joy Bellamwini and Deb Raji, both Black women, showed that commercial facial recognition software performed worse on darker skin, especially darker-skinned women. The project was called Gender Shades. Well, it seems to me like there are two interrelated sort of problems of diversity in AI. One, which is something that you explored in your paper Gender Shades, that data is often not diverse, which leads to outcomes like facial recognition software not performing well on black women, but but the other is the diversity of researchers. Gender Shades was created by black women, and I guess I wonder, did it take black women researchers to ask those questions?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I was a PhD student when I advised Joya. She was a master's student. It's highly unusual to have two women who are both students, just the two of them writing papers, right? And we faced a lot of backlash because of it. So we have to constantly support each other and watch out and push through for this work.
0: I'd like to ask you why you went to work at Google in the first place.
1: Well, um, there were two things. One was um, that at the time I was at Microsoft Research for one year, I wanted to do a postdoc and it was in New York. I wanted to go back home to the Bay Area. Um, And then another one was that um, they were actually specifically said that they wanted to start a Google Brain office in Ghana. So it was supposed to be the first AI office in Africa. So I wanted to help with that.
0: Timnit ended up working with a team at Google that wrestled with the ethics and effects of artificial intelligence. One paper, she wrote, showed how to document and audit the data used to train an algorithm, so if something went wrong, a company could unwind the process and see what happened. This latest paper, the one that led to Timnit leaving Google, is about large language models. Basically, those are algorithms that predict language. You probably use them all the time. When your phone autofills your text, or when you talk to Alexa.
1: This paper is drawing from a lot of different works We were drawing on many people's expertise um, and, and disciplinary traditions and prior work. But, you know, I think our prioritization of the risks and harms probably would be different from other people's because of our background and because of our disciplinary traditions. So we discussed what we, in our view, the risks and harms are and what, in our view, should be done.
0: Tim Neat and her collaborators named a few issues they saw with large language models, including the environmental cost of the computing power required to train them, the possibility that the models would suck up racist and sexist language in their attempts to learn, and that these models could be used to write language that seemed human and spread disinformation. Has anyone at Google said to you, this is where we had a problem, or this thing that you have put in the paper undercuts one of our products?
1: The first conversation we had was, you have to retract the paper. Some of the product leads believe that the flaws are too much, and so you have to retract the paper. Then she
0: heard from Jeff Dean, the head of Google Research.
1: He said, you know, I just skimmed the paper. And so as a quick skim, this environmental cost section, uh, you know, is dependent on this flawed paper. But I was like, okay. So I wrote, I wrote a whole thing. I'm like, where do you think it overestimates? Why do you think it overestimates? What, what kind of changes are you suggesting? What is the issue? So, um, on, on Thursday of Thanksgiving, I spent my whole day literally writing this document Friday. I sent it to them because they told me to retract it by Friday. I sent this document and I said, I hope, you know, this can be a basis for a conversation or some sort of back and forth. So if I'm going to retract a paper, I at least want to understand what is going to happen after. Are we going to try to rewrite it? Are you just trying to kill this line of work? Like, what are you trying to do? What's your goals? Monday, I get an email from Megan. Responding to that says, can you confirm that you have retracted the paper or have it taken your name off of the paper? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I wrote this whole thing and you're not even acknowledging that I, I wrote anything or that they're, you know, I'm I'm asking all these questions. She's not even acknowledging it. So that's kind of how it went.
0: But what really seems to have angered Google is an email Timnit wrote in an internal group in the company called Google Brain Women and Allies. There, she vented her frustration with what happened with the paper and what she saw as lip service to diversity.
1: I have written so many documents. I mean, like I wrote a billion documents. I had a billion meetings. They just tire you out. They meet with you over and over again. They feel good about themselves for meeting with you. They don't do anything. And then if you, you know, if you try to push them on it or, or tell them they're doing something wrong, they tone police you. This has happened to me so many times. There is nothing in place for the, the here right now that incentivizes them to do something different. So we can write as many documents as we want, But as long as there's like no incentive for the leaders to do anything differently, this document is not going to help. Meetings are not going to help. Nothing's going to help. So that's why I was saying you should focus on leadership accountability. Do you think it was the email that got you dismissed or the paper? Their reasoning to to terminate me, quote unquote, immediately was the email. And people in that email list are terrified now. (laughs) They're just like terrified to say anything because, mind you, This email list was created to, it's called Brain Women and Allies. Women and Allies. This is an email list for women and their allies to discuss the problems in this department with respect to diversity inclusion. To push back slightly, I feel
0: like any company reading this kind of, you know, semi-public internal discussion might say, okay, if that's the way you feel, you're done here.
1: No, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, this email list is to have an internal discussion about what to do better. Mm. So what to do better after I've seen all of these women spending their own time, their own free time, they're not hired to write these documents. This is not their job. Their job is to be research scientists. They're spending their own free time writing these documents, pointing out issues, and nobody's listening to them. I didn't make this email public. I didn't leak it to the press. I didn't go say, here is an indictment of Google. This is an internal mailing list created specifically for the purpose of talking about the issues related to women, right? If leaders are not held accountable, nothing is going to change.
0: This is not the first time that venting on internal Google message boards has ruffled management feathers. Last year, the company created a new policy cracking down on political discussions in internal groups. And Google employees have repeatedly staged walkouts to protest sexual harassment, lack of diversity, and the company working on what they see as unethical projects. Where do you think the line is at Google between the intellectual and collegial freedom to have these kinds of discussions And maybe the corporate culture not to say them too publicly or too loudly.
1: I don't even think this is corporate culture. I think this is, we had a research all hands after the George Floyd protests where we were so, people were crying, people were so emotional. We're like pleading with them to do something different because we're so exhausted. We outlined a bunch of principles that we call nothing about us without us. The number one thing we said was psychological safety. We need to have psychological safety in order to talk about the issues. If you don't even have the psychological safety to discuss what you're what you're facing, then there's no way to even move forward. There's no way to fix your your company's culture.
0: Speaking of leaders and accountability, what what do you make of Sundar Pichai's uh- Apology, or maybe let's call it a statement, where he says we need to accept responsibility for the fact that a prominent black female leader with immense talent left Google. Unhappily, Unhappity.
1: yeah, it feels like there's so much gymnastics there. Well, this is what I make of it. They would have looked bad if they didn't make a statement. They still look bad after making that statement. They're basically saying we apologize for the backlash hmm. because we're we're not happy about the backlash because the backlash means oh you're questioning whether you're you 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 still have a place at Google. Google, the Google walkout uh, showed how toxic HR was at Google, right? Um, a lot of women said that their number one issue was the HR department itself. They, they're they not there at all to, to support women. They're there to basically to ensure that there are the least number of lawsuits for the company. They're not going to try to make the company culture better.
0: The other part of Sundar Pichai's statement says that it's important to me that our black women and underrepresented Googlers know that we value you and you do belong at Google. And I I wonder what would have made you feel valued? Because it's so clear when I listen to you that you feel like you were held up externally as sort of a, a beacon of diversity at Google, and yet you feel like you were undercut internally.
1: It was so clear that they weren't even treating me as a researcher, like as a person, because you would discuss things with a person, you wouldn't just order them around, let alone a, a, a world-renowned expert. You know, I was constantly devalued. I mean, constantly, and it's and and actually, people coming into Google told me this. They that that they could not reconcile the difference in which I was viewed externally with the way in which I was treated internally.
0: Why do you think that is? Why do you think Google undervalued you?
1: I think it's mostly racism and sexism, even, even when it's about issues of AI ethics. So hmm. they have all of these responsible AI initiatives with like literally almost no black people and the black people in it are just infuriated all the time. They keep on talking about us as if we're like some like Joy says, cage curiosities, you know. Joy Bulamwini, uh, who's one of yeah. your, your
0: collaborators.
1: Yeah. She says cage curiosities. And, and I always talk about what's called parachute research in my research, where these group of people who look at you as a subject of study or something like that, and they work, uh, about, you know, on, they did like, oh yeah, like imagine the black person, the marginalized black person in their natural habitat. It's like a I don't know, like a National Geographic or something, you know, how they talk about you. And you're just sitting there like, oh, my God. And they get promoted and they publish papers and they don't deal with the consequences.
0: We reached out to Google to ask them about Tim Neat's experience at the company and the circumstances of her departure, but didn't hear back by recording time. Have you heard from anyone at Google since this happened? Officially?
1: Officially? No, I haven't even gotten uh, my instructions on how to re- to uh, return uh, Google assets. Wow, they were they were so fast. I think I, I believe they've mailed my check, but I, I have no idea how to return the computer, uh, you know, my work computer <laughs> or anything like that. I'm like I don't, I don't really. I've been checking my email. I don't I don't see the instructions on how to do it. No, I certainly have not heard from anybody officially.
0: For now, Timnit is left with Pichai's statement in which he says that Google will, quote, begin a review of what happened to identify all the points where we can learn, considering everything from de-escalation strategies to new processes we can put in place. What do you want people to take away from this interview?
1: That I'm like, a, I'm a human and I laugh <laughs> and I talk you know, I, I, uh, I can be pretty outgoing. And uh, when you're painted as this just um, unreasonable, angry person who needs to be de-escalated, it's dehumanizing. It doesn't tell a story of what you've gone through and what you have tried to overcome.
0: Timnit Gebru, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Timnit Gebru is an AI ethics researcher and the co-founder of Black in AI. That's our show for today. TBD is produced by Ethan Brooks and edited by Allison Benedict and Tori Bosch. Our executive producer is Alicia Montgomery. TBD is part of the larger What Next family, and it's also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. Mary Harris will be back in your feed tomorrow. Mary, thank you for letting me grab a hold of the show today. I'm Lizzie O'Leary. Thanks for listening.